Everyone in the building, say rededication. rededication. Again, say rededication. rededication. Amen and amen. Find the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah. Please take your time. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. Tyrone, don't come to church without your Bible. Bring your Bible to church. Amen. Bring your Bible to church. Please write these scriptures down. They'll bless you when you go back to review them during the week. Kansas City, I encourage you to be here this month. It's going to be a fantastic time in the Lord, especially to those of you who want to hear the truth. The Bible says it is the truth that sets men free. Amen. Biblically, one of the most humbling things we can do is rededicate our lives to the kingdom of God. And we rededicate our lives through repentance. The word repentance means, I mean the word rededicate means to commit, please write this down, to commit one's self. To commit one's life a new. This is what God is getting ready to do. He's going to make your life brand new. In order to do this, we must be connected first of all to the kingdom of God. And once we're connected with the kingdom of God, we need to get off the roller coaster Stay off the roller coaster and stop thinking about the roller coaster. How many of you, be honest, know someone that's on the roller coaster? Keep your hands up. If you don't know what roller coaster means, you haven't been at church in a long time. <laughs> Keep your hand up. Roller coaster. A roller coaster, how many of you ever rode one? I'm serious, too. It can be fun. For a few minutes, but if it goes too long, it can make you sick, it can make you dizzy, it can make you wobbly. Say amen. If you still ride a roller coaster, I mean, more power to you. I remember years ago, probably 25, maybe 30 years ago, we were traveling once. And you know how the Holy Spirit, that little voice tells you, don't do something? We were traveling once, and they had this supersonic ride at a fairground. It was, I think we only had two kids at the time. So I said, hey, let's stop. Let's pull over and ride this ride because it looks fun. The ride went up and down and up and down. Up and, it looked so fun. So we pulled over. I think it was like $10 to ride it as long as you wanted to. And most rides last, what, maybe three minutes after you waited in line? 30 minutes. So we pulled over and got out and got on this ride. And man, I'm telling you, Sister Tiffany, at first, man, it was so fun. Plus, I was much younger, too. I was probably in my mid-30s, in my 30s. I thought mid, late 20s. I'll say late 20s. And we were riding this ride, 
And so the guy said, hey, nobody else is here, so I'm going to let you guys really enjoy it. I was thinking, cool, five-minute ride. Ten minutes later, I'm looking for the guy to cut the ride off. The guy is nowhere to be found. But at first, it was fun. At first, sin can seem like fun. But the longer you stay in it, the longer you stay on it, the more you hold on to it, the more it's going to wreck other areas of your life. It looked like fun. So finally, like 12 minutes later, the guy comes back and, and we're waving like, please stop this machine. It was one of the worst rides I've ever been on. The point is, don't even dabble. Don't even entertain getting back on the roller coaster. Because people make it look like it's fun. Uh, New Year's Eve. People make it look like it's fun when you're out till 2 in the morning. People make it look like it's fun when you're going against biblical principles. Because what God is doing now, talking about this spiritual battle, what you see today, look at the person next to you. This is the best version of the person. Sundays... It's generally when we are the best version of ourselves if you're saved. We know how to smile when we come to church. Say amen. amen. We know how to say amen when we come to church. Amen. We know how to say show enough when we come to church. Amen. We know all the cues and what to say when we come to church because we're on our best behavior on a Sunday. Look to your neighbor and say, wait for it. <laughs> what God is doing in 23, God is changing the church. Say, I am the church. So you missed it. What God is doing in 23, he is changing the church to where my best self on a Sunday is the same self you see on a Monday. I don't want to come to church and just because it's Sunday and pretend to be holy, pretend to walk right, try to walk right during the week because God's saying, I want you to be the same every single day. I want your church self to match up with your work self. Because some people are one way at church. Oh, y'all sure are quiet, so I know I'm hitting it. One way at home, one way with your friends, and totally different when you go to work. God is saying, I want to line all those up and show people what it's really like to live for me. Somebody holler, Lord, I'm ready. I want my best self not to just be on Sunday. My best self to be every day. The Bible says that God's plans are not always our plans. And certainly we know that his ways are not our ways. As a faith walker, we have to learn how to trust God 
even when things seem out of sorts. Jeremiah chapter 29 is a letter written to the exiled Israelites. At this time in human history, we have to remind ourselves as believers that Satan is not winning. Say it out loud. Say, Satan is not winning. Say it for yourself. Satan is not winning. Even though he's not winning, he has successfully exiled many Christians from their faith. 2020, 2021, 2022. Some people have been out of church almost three years because Satan has successfully exiled you from God. He does that by getting you to compromise in different areas of your life. Say amen. It's not about what you see on the outside. It's about what's going on on the this is what God wants to fix first. He wants to fix this first. Say amen, someone. It's time in 2023 to come back to God. Chapter 29, look at verse 11. God says, for I know the thoughts. Look at your Bible. I know the plans so God has thoughts, underline that. God has thoughts, God has plans for me. I know the thoughts, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare. God wants me to be well. Thoughts and plans for peace and not evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Isn't God awesome? I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Look at it again. God says, for I know the thoughts. Stop. Lift your hands. Say, thank you, God. I'm serious. Say, thank you, God, that you think about me. Come on, raise your hand that you remember me. He says, I know the thoughts. I know the plans I have for you. Plans for welfare. Plans for peace and not for evil. When evil things happen in your life, that is not God's plan. He says, I have plans to give you hope. Because, look at the end of the verse, I know your final outcome. If you've been excelled from God, if you've been expelled from God, if you walked away from God because of sin, because of disobedience, it's simple to come back to him. All you have to do is repent. Say amen. amen. Through rejecting God, you are also rejecting Jesus. When you reject Jesus, you're also rejecting the Holy Spirit who is here to help us. Why would you reject the helper? Why would you reject the counselor? 
why would you reject your standby? Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible says that God is waiting to restore our heavenly connections. And no matter who's listening to pastor today, all of us have areas in our life that we need to rededicate to God. I told you if it's nothing publicly, it may be something private, you can rededicate to God. Lord, I want to rededicate more of my time to prayer. Lord, I want to rededicate more of my time to reading your word with understanding. Say amen. In studying this lesson, I found out that God alone was Israel's hope. Israel had tried all other gods and they always let them down. The only one that ever stayed with Israel was the true and the living God. Some people have tried all kind of stuff. That's called the world system because the world system tries to imitate and emulate the things of God, but the world system cannot imitate God. I wonder sometimes if technology has made our world better or made our world worse. When you become more dependent on technology than you do with God, you have things out of balance. And God is all about balance. Hey, Pastor, what are you talking about? If you're checking your phone, and I don't apologize for this, if you've checked your phone 25 times since you've been here in the sanctuary, you need to repent. No, I'm going to say here, I said you need to repent. There is no reason you can't put your life on pause to give God an hour and a half, yet we expect God to keep our hearts beating, keep us in our right minds, give us generally good health, yet we can't give him? No, come on and clap. When we really have a connection with God, some things become secondary. Mm. Israel was in captivity. Israel had been enslaved, and God wanted to set them free. Write this down. God wants me to be free in 23. God wants me to be free. In 23, I told you this spiritual battle, we're not going to have to fight it ourselves for the kingdom of God is at hand. Take your time, write it. And I want to ask you today, have you ever seen God bring good out of a bad situation? Let me see your hand. We know sometimes bad things happen, but God is able to bring good out of a bad situation. One thing that changed our world within the last three years, remember three years, I'm going somewhere in a couple of months, I'm setting you up. In the past three years, we have one of the greatest movements we've ever seen, that was when George Floyd was murdered. People came together like never before when George Floyd was murdered. So even though that was a bad situation, God was able 
to bring good. This past week, all of us heard about the young man that was playing football who literally died on the field. And I have never seen this in my 54 and a half years. On national TV, broadcasters, with all the demonic forces out in the world, TV reporters took time to stop took time to pray, took time to ask God to help this young man. I've never seen on live TV somebody talking about God, somebody talking about Jesus. Look how God and then I heard somebody say the other day on TV, well something woke him up. The young man said, I prayed that God would restore me. Don't tell me what prayer won't do. God can bring something good out of a bad situation. The teams that fell on their knees and began to pray, people were shocked. Social media was blowing up all over. The TV was blowing up with what had happened. And God allowed this to happen to bring everybody together to show you once again there's so much we can accomplish if we will put our differences aside and focus on our connection. Whatever you may be facing, Whatever you're going through in your life, as a faith walker, remind yourself, Pastor, you don't know what I'm facing. You don't know what this looks like. No matter if it looks bad, remind yourself, God can bring something good. Even out of this situation, God can bring something good. Say amen, someone. This 11th verse Look at it. It reminds us of the insurance that no matter what happens, God is able to bring a future blessing upon his people. Now put your hand on yourself. And we say this, but I want you to really mean it today. Say, my future is looking bright because God already knows my final outcome <laughs> the little robot blocks the little stumbling blocks that's not your final outcome the things you go through that's not your final outcome God knows what he's already invested in you and he is not invested in you for you to fail he's invested in you for you to be successful for you to be an influencer so you can go out and invite others to the kingdom of God. So when you're going through stuff, don't sweat the small stuff. It's not my final outcome. Say amen, church. And remind yourself, it's time for me to remind myself. It's time for me to soar where God wants me to soar. It's time for me to be who God wants me to be. 
it's time for me to stand up and not be ashamed to say, I am a believer. We, you shouldn't just recognize believers at church. You should recognize believers on your job. Not by what you say, but by how you act. Your actions speak so much about who you really are. Say amen. Say, I want to represent God. No, come on, raise your hand and say, I want to represent God. It's going to get really deep here. Look at verse 12. God says, then you would call upon me. And you will come and you will pray to me and I will hear and heed you. God gives all of us each day an opportunity to call upon him. Why would you not take the opportunity to call upon the one that can really help you? Listen, I, I told you, the world system is not set up to help you. The world system is set up to keep you in debt. Oh, I gotta keep you stressed out. Keep you broke. Keep you always wanting more and more and the latest and greatest. That's the world system. But God is able to give you peace. Give you contentment. God is able to take whatever's in your life and make it satisfy you to where you don't get wrapped up in the world system, getting yourself in debt, putting yourself in worry, making yourself sick because you can't live like the Joneses. Look at your neighbor, say, Pastor's trying to help you. Don't be too proud to ask God for help. I love how Jesus says in the model prayer, Jesus says, Father, give us, give me this day. There's nothing wrong with asking God for help every single day. Because if you're really connected to God, I mean really connected to God, I'm not just connected on Sunday, then I pick him back up on Wednesday. I want to be connected to God every single day of the week so when things come up, I don't freak out. I don't stress out. I don't allow people to, get your finger out, disturb my ground because I am connected. When you are really connected, man, you shake off foolish stuff. You shake off foolish people. You even shake off foolish thoughts because you know that God has already promised that he's going to supply all all of my needs according to hallelujah if you pray God will hear if you pray God will listen to you. Do pass a favor, and I'm very serious, because some people don't know this. Look whoever's on your role. Don't play. I'm very serious. Tell them God will listen to you. 
Young people, you open up your mouth. If you're in school, if you're in college, if you're seeking a new job, God will listen to you. I'm only here. I ain't got no witnesses. I'm only here as a witness because I know God will listen. Truth bomb. Everybody start praying. Buckle up. Look at verse 13. God says, then you will seek me. Then you will inquire for and require me as a vital necessity and find me when you search for me. Look at your Bible. When you search for me with all of your heart. The issue we've had in our churches decade after decade after decade is that we have not been seeking God first. In most of our churches, please look at Pastor, I'm starting here. In most of our churches, it's been about money and not about souls. Somebody say amen. That is not right, so God is correcting some things. When men would join churches all over the United States, especially here in Kansas City, when men would join the churches, every man was made a deacon or a trustee to try to get them to stay in church. That is not right. First of all, the Bible says, look out among the congregation and find men who are full of the Holy Spirit. Some people are not full of the Holy Spirit. No, clap your hands now. Stand over here, Brother Fred. Tyrone, come stand next to Brother Fred. Brother John, Brother Marvin, come stand over here. These men have been in church all their lives. Look at this example. I don't want you to miss this. And the way all of our churches thought, Brother Marvin, hear me. We thought, oh, it's great. Brother Hasten, run up here. It's great, look that way, to have these men in church. We're so glad to have men in church. Brothers, need you all to be here Saturday to help cut the church lawn. That's great, right? We thought that was great, super. Brothers, need you here Saturday morning to help shovel the snow. That's great. We've got men to help shovel the snow. Sometimes they show up. Sometimes they wouldn't. But you know what the Lord said to me? The Lord said, the churches have had it wrong. He said, now I'm pouring out my spirit in a brand new way. Listen to pastor. God says, I'm sending the church, not just our church, I've talked with other pastors. God says, I'm sending the church, come up here, Jacob. I'm sending the church men. Never had that many men singing in the, in, the, in the choir. I'm sending the church men. First of all, who, raise your hands up, brother, who have a heart for me. Because the Lord said, listen to pastor and apply this to your own life. 
Put your hands out, brother. When, keep your hands up. When you, first of all, when you join church, I'm not concerned about you coming to help clean the building like we... Oh. I'm not concerned about you helping put the tables up like we... Because God said, and I'm speaking to everybody that's watching too, God says, when you get it right, first of all, in here. When you get it right in here, it's not about flexing. It's about surrendering. It's not about what you've done in the past. It's about what have you repented for. And look at all six of these men and these three men over here. I, I don't want them doing anything. First of all, open your Bible. Get to know God, not just come to church. What can we work on this week? First of all, get to know God because if you get to know God first, then it's not an issue asking you to help out. Oh, let me stay here for a minute. Here's how it was, and brother, you know who I'm talking to watching the broadcast right now. This is a mistake we made. It's not important that you show up to help fix something. It's important that you show up to, for God to fix you. God wants to fix the inside. And once the inside is fixed, the outside is fixed. If you understand what Pastor just taught you, let me hear you say amen. When men join the church, we're not concerned even about your money. People say, all, oh, let me take these off again. All of us have heard this in the past. We don't hear it here at Emmanuel. And if you say that, you're a liar. And I'll call you a liar to your face. All the church wants is my money. That's what we used to hear. Raise your hand. How many of you heard it? Our church is big for money. I told you. Brother Chairman, Brother Chairman, if you don't give a dime, keep your money. God doesn't need our money. He's God. God can touch one person and bless the entire church. God can bless one person and wipe out any debt you might have when you put God first, expect supernatural things to happen. Come on, church. I, I, I used to have, okay, I'll go back here. I used to have we used to have men's class here. And the men, sometimes they show up, sometimes they wouldn't. 
And now all the men that have joined our church in the last three years. Now look at me. In the last three years, all the men who have joined our church, all of them are in Bible study. Wait, don't clap. I used to have to beg the men to come to Bible study. You wonder? It's not hard to figure out. When you have God 6th and 7th and 20th in your life, it's, it seems like fun, don't it? For a little bit and then guilt kicks in. You're feeling guilty, feeling condemned because you've been on the roller coaster. Well, rededicate your life to God today. Lord, I know I haven't been living the way you wanted me to live. I repent. There's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, I repent. Please understand this. All of us, thank you, Holy Spirit. All of us, every person under the sound of my voice, all of us have been forgiven. Thank God. I've been forgiven. But even though I've been forgiven, when I fall short, when I'm disobedient, the right thing to do is to say, Father, I repent. Don't be too proud and too stubborn and too arrogant to repent. If you haven't been reading your Bible, repent. If you've been living for God part-time, repent. If the people on your job don't know you're a Christian, Verse 13, he says, search for me, look at the bottom of 13, with all of your heart. And the question I have for you today is, are you seeking God or are you seeking things? Are you really seeking God every day or are you just seeking to live and do whatever you want to do? There is a difference. Amen. And I love how it's worded here. Is God a vital necessity in your life? And I I can't speak for you, but can anybody say, I I can't live without God? I mean, I know some of us have been walking with him a long time. I, I, I I can't live. I don't want to live. I don't want to function. I don't want to go two days, three days. I I can't live, I can't breathe without. See, get your hand, some of you get your hand. That's how deep it is for me. Is it that deep for you? Is God vitally important to you? I said, is God important to you? God is looking for those today to stand up and say, yes, here I am, Lord. How do things work in your life when you don't acknowledge God? Up and down and up and down. You wonder why you can't sleep. You wonder why your pressure's out of whack. You can't be on this roller coaster. Say amen. We need God. And I want everyone, when you have an opportunity, please read this entire 29th chapter. It will bless you. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. No, I said look at him. Tell him, get ready. Now we're really going to go deeper into the meat of what it means on this blessed 
Rededication Day. And if you really want to be connected to the kingdom of God, God is available. Turn your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. Find chapter 4. This great reference scripture makes crystal clear how God feels about his people. Deuteronomy found in the Old Testament, find chapter 4. Blessing to see all the Bibles here in our sanctuary today. Chapter 4 deals with Israel's attitude towards God's command. And please keep in mind that as Moses is writing this here in chapter 4, this is right before the Ten Commandments were given in chapter 5. In other words, God is always setting us up. Write that down. God is always setting me up. It's time that you realize that he's not doing stuff randomly. This is not by coincidence. God is divinely setting you up. Chapter 4. Look at verse 29. Man, this is powerful. But if from there you will seek, you will inquire for and require as necessary the Lord your God. You will find him. If you truly seek him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, look how Moses goes in detail, seek him with all of your soul, and look what Moses says at the end, and seek him with your life. Who gave you life in the first place? That's why you hear pastors say you are the author and the finisher. God gave us life. Say amen. What a wonderful promise here in the 29th verse. If you seek God, you will find him. Just repent. Lord, I haven't been coming to church like I should. Lord, I haven't been treating people the proper way like I should. Just repent. Moses says here, truly seek God with all, all. You really want to be a faith walker? Seek God with all of your heart. Try to every day and not just on Sunday. When you're really seeking God, then you ought to want to be the same person Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. When you seek God with all of your heart. The Hebrews would face all kind of challenges and difficulties, but they knew that God would not let them down. If you can, take your Bible and tap somebody. Say, God won't let you down. Tap your Bible. Say, God won't let you down. Right here in our text, right now, in 2023, God is waiting to restore you. God is waiting to replenish you if you would only rededicate your life to him. 
The power and the anointing of God is right here now. If you feel like, Pastor, you don't know, I'm holding on with all that I have, but it feels like I need to be rescued. God wants to rescue you. He don't want to leave you out on the ledge by yourself. God wants to rescue you. God wants to restore you. God wants you to be regenerated on the inside. Some people say, Pastor, you don't know. I've just been hurt too much. I don't think I can ever get over this. Yes, you can. The Holy Spirit is able to do spiritual surgery on the inside of us. Only the Holy Spirit can take out those hurts, take out that pain, take out those disappointments, take out those troubles, take out those worries. The Holy Spirit is able to do all that today if we would just repent. Say amen, church. He's waiting to do that for anyone who wants to rededicate their life. And as a maturing Christian, you hear pastors say this all the time, it is always my prayer, and we're going to read it in just a minute, that you are hearing less noise and less thunder and that you're hearing God's voice. And I want to ask this question. I'm going to ask it almost every Sunday. How many of you are hearing God's voice? Keep your hands up. How many of you are actually seeing this take place in your life? No, do it. Come on. When you see God answer something that happened three weeks ago and it's starting to make sense, Lord, so that's why that happened two years ago. Thank you, Father. That's why she said this. That's why this is taking place. God is putting things together. Maturing Christians, we have to hear God's voice and not only hear God's voice when there's a crisis. Some people only turn to God when something goes wrong. That's not right. And we can do better. Look at verse 30. Look what Moses says. He did not say if. Look at your Bible. He says, when you are in tribulations and all these things come upon you, in the latter days you will turn to the Lord your God and be obedient to his voice. Thank you, Lord. Get your finger out. Tell everybody on your row, stop freaking out. I pointed everybody on your row, stop freaking out. Jesus said trials and tribulations would come. Here in the Old Testament, tribulations were nothing new. Trials were nothing new. In the New Testament, trials were nothing new. So why do you think you're having trials? This is nothing new. But my God is able because he's constant to carry me, to direct me if I acknowledge him he said he'd direct me in some of my ways. And what? No, I can't hear you. If I would seek him, if I'll acknowledge him, he will direct your path this year. 
You don't have to carry the same baggage year after year after year. The same hurts year after year. Well, pastor, at a certain time of the year, I always get depressed. Not anymore. Well, pastor, certain time of the year, I'm, I'm, I'm a little more stressed out than normal. Not anymore. I want to be connected to God where the same person you see on Sunday, you'll see on Monday. That's how God wants you to grow. And if you're not growing like that, take a self-examination. We don't have to freak out when we have God. I told you last week, Moses was called the man of God. The man of God could see things that people could not see because Moses spent the majority of his time with God. What you claim to be valuable in your life, that's where you spend the majority of your time. So recalibrate. Reset yourself this week. I don't want to put anything in front of God because the more you put in front of God, the more thunder you're going to hear. The more noise you're going to hear. And I want to hear God speak so clearly that God says, nope, don't do that. Nope, don't call that person back. Nope, don't live that way anymore. I have set you free. I'm very serious. If you've been wrestling with something that seemed impossible or very challenging for you to get rid of, if you have enough faith, I want you to come up here. I don't have time to play. I said, if you've been wrestling with something, Brother Jefferson, strings, keep your mask on, please. You don't have to tell anyone what it is. God knows. Look at pastor. You are not chained to your past. You are not chained to your past. If God is the author, the creator of the heavens and earth, if God is the one who designed you uniquely, you are not chained to your past. Stop viewing yourself like this. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? That day is over. I know it sounds simple. Could it be that simple? Yes. We walk by what? This is a faith walk. If you knew it, you wouldn't need God. We need God to help us walk out this faith walk. Look, church, whatever's been holding you, the sun has set you free. I am not chained to my past. Oh, you don't hear me. 
Pastor, I just can't let them go. I can't. Anyone leading you to hell is not worth holding on to. Clap your hands, church. Any behavior that keeps you in bondage is not worth holding on to. Lift your hands to the Creator. I am not bound. I am not bound. I am not bound. The devil has kept us in chains long enough. I am free. No, you have to say it for yourself. Say, I am free. Say, I am free. Father, we lift our hands unto you because you're able to restore us. And Father, I pray for every soul that is standing here in our sanctuary. When they touch these chains, on the inside of them, let them see their spirit breaking free. The devil cannot hold them captive by anything anymore. The same old tricks will not work anymore. The same old lies that you told year after year, devil, it will not work anymore because God has set us free. I start with myself. Father, thank you that there are no chains holding me. Say it. Believe it and pass it on. Say, there are no chains holding me. Say it for yourself. Clap your hands, church. God wants you to have inner peace. God wants you to have healing on the inside. All over the sanctuary, lift your hands. God wants to heal you. God wants to heal you on the inside. You can fool everyone on the outside. You come to church smiling and grinning, but then you get in your car knowing what you have to go home and face every single day. God wants to heal you of that. You want your husband to come to church? God wants to heal you of that. You want your wife to come to church? Why are you not standing up? God wants to heal you. God wants to speak to your spouse. God wants to speak to your children. Why are you not standing? I said he wants to speak to your spouse. He wants to speak to your children. Moses could see this because he spent time with God. Moses saw what the future was going to be like. He saw that Israel had a chance to repent and that God would hear Israel's call. Well, your pastor stands here today telling you that God will hear our call. God will hear our plea. God will listen to us if we would just repent. Thank you, Father. Thank you for inner peace. Thank you for inner peace. Come on, say that for yourself. Thank you for inner peace. The church needs to catch up. Thank you with inner peace. Thank you, Father. 
thank you father my mind is right my spirit is right there you go my mind is right wow my spirit is right devil you have no room in my life you have no room in my family say it you have no room in my family no room no room you say it no room God wants us to be in fellowship with him like never before when we repent and God prunes things out of our lives things will begin to change things will begin to change Things will begin to change. The Bible says humble yourself before the mighty throne of God. You'll see things change in your life. And open up your mouth and say, Lord, I believe. I know the world says it's crazy, but Lord, I believe. You're able to change the hearts of people in my life. Lord, I believe. Healing, healing, not just physical healing, healing, emotional healing. Come on, God is healing right now. Lift those hands. Emotional scars that you've carried since childhood that you've never told nobody. God is healing you. Why don't you thank him for it? I said he's healing you. Come on, clap your hands. He's healing you. The Bible says when you clap your hands, God is working on you. God is working through you. Lift your hands. Say, Lord, I rededicate my life to you. Amen. Please take your seats. Give pastor five minutes. One day the kingdom of God will be established here on earth. Look at verse 31. I have to give this to you. It's too good not to give it to you. Remember, God wrote the Bible. Verse 31. Look at what God says. For the Lord... Your God. <laughs> I'm trying not to cry. The Lord your God is a what? Merciful God. Isn't he merciful? I said, isn't he merciful? He goes on to say, he will not fail you or destroy you or forget the covenant of your fathers which he swore to them. God is merciful. He's merciful because he's love. He's not merciful to me based off my performance. I don't have to do this, 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 and this in order for God to show me mercy. He's merciful to me because I'm connected to him. And I don't want to be connected to him on a part-time basis. I don't want to be connected to him and just do a drive-by every other week. I want to be connected to him every day. 
And the thing about God's mercy, the Bible says his mercies are brand new. Every day. Who wouldn't want to love and serve and have a friend like God? Come on, clap your hands. I love it. Look what Moses says. Underline this in your Bible. He will not fail you. God will not fail you. Say, God will not fail me. The devil's a lie. Say, God will not fail me. Look at your Bible. It says, he will not destroy you. Does your Bible say that? He will not destroy you. God is a keeper. And look at Pastor, I'll be honest, Sister Lisa, I know there are certain things that should have destroyed me. I'll take my glasses off. I know there are certain people who wanted to destroy me. But God will not allow. I said God will not allow the devil or his demons or my enemies who are now my footstool to destroy me. Look at 31, verse 31. He says, I will not forget what I have promised to do, not only through the old covenant, but we have a greater covenant established through Jesus Christ. God keeps his promises. The choices we make sometimes can carry us away from God. But don't live your life always running from God. Run to God. Whatever you've done in your past, God has forgiven you. God has forgiven you. And God wants to restore you on this very day. I've learned to take responsibility, take accountability. I don't blame others for my own shortcomings or what I do. I take responsibility through self-examination. Look at verse 21. In verse 21, God was angry with Moses because Moses disobeyed God. God told Moses to speak to the rock. And Moses struck the rock. Disobedience is not pleasing in the sight of God. Say amen, church. And we have to live at a higher standard of Christian living. Because when you're disobedient, look what happened to Moses. Moses got angry. And when you get angry, you act out of character. Because anger is not where God wants you to dwell. If you're angry and upset all the time, that's not where God wants you to be. Say amen. Repent and do better. It hurt Moses' heart so bad. Moses coming down off Mount Sinai. After talking to God, after God took his finger and wrote out the Ten Commandments, Moses comes down off of Sinai and sees the people having orgies, drinking, drunk. See the people, they made a golden calf. 
Then they tried to lie and said, we don't know what happened. We just threw gold in the pot and it came out looking like a calf. Moses was angry and in his anger he disobeyed God. But God is leading the church where you don't even have to carry anger. <laughs> when I was a young preacher, I started preaching when I was 18 years old. And there was two things a preacher had to have. Thanks, Dad. I'm going to tell this. A.L. Johnson, Earl Abel, Reverend Glasgow. I know some of you never heard of these guys. Reverend Poe. God bless you. All of the preachers, there was two things you, no, three things. First of all, you had to have a hoop. Young people, you don't know what a hoop is. <laughs> Second of all, you had to have a, forgive me, I'm talking about myself, a pot belly. I can't even stick it out, man. You had to have a big stomach as a man so you could Am I being too real with y'all? Well, evidently I am. So that's two things, right? And the third thing you had to have as a preacher, you had to have a frown on your face to show how serious you were. You do the best you can with the knowledge that you have, but I'm telling you now, God does not want you walking around angry and upset with anybody. Life is too short. Don't allow the devil and his demons to trick you into thinking, I got to be mad about my past. All of us got a past. You're not the only one that's been done wrong. Thank God, because now I'm in position where God says, I'm going to fix all of that, boy. I'm going to fix all of it. I've already fixed your enemies. Your future is looking bright. I already know the plans I have for you. I've got plans to prosper you. I've got plans to keep you. I've got plans to elevate you. I've got plans that eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. What wonderful things God has in store for you and I today. As I close this message to everyone watching this broadcast, peace be unto you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Majesty, dominion, and power all belongs to you. I wish you could be here to see what's getting ready to take place next. That's why you need to be in church. Don't be a part-time Christian. God has changed the world, and God is setting the church up for the return of his holy son. I know you received the word. Clap your hands.